0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury and joined as usual by my friends. It is Ali Johan. Say hello, Ali.
2: Good evening, Richard.
1: And my other friend, the uh, returning prodigal son, somewhat, it is Daniel Fernandez from DSF.MY. Hello, Daniel.
0: Hello, and thank you for calling me your friend lah. again, Richard. I'm, I'm ah. in
1: touch. Thank you. I bet it's nice for you to get back into uh, a little bit of uh, warm territory, is it not?
0: Of course, I always love coming back to Malaysia. You know, especially when you've just been to Kuala Selangor and Ejok and, <laughs> and Batang Berjuntai, Nibong Tebal. Yeah? <laughs> All right, all right. More on
1: where Daniel's been and come back from in a little while. But of course, the show is in three parts. We've got some local launches up top. In the middle, a bit of a discussion where Daniel will be catching up with somebody from Sweden. Um, well, a company from Sweden. And then wrapping up with a review. It's the Mercedes Benz C300 AMG line. Uh, right then, Ali, take it away. What have we got?
2: Okay, let's start with news this week. Uh, first off, it looks like Perodua's all-new Azia is going to be launched real soon because they've just done a quick preview of the model this week as well as opening up the bookings for this uh, sub-50,000 ringgit compact car from what we've seen at the preview the Azia is a first major change in terms of uh, look as well as the entire size of it because it's now being built on the Daihatsu new global architecture platform the DNGA which um, Daihatsu use on a lot of their compact cars um, yeah. Engine wise, the ASIA is still the same old one litre, three cylinder, naturally aspirated petrol engine with 68 horsepower and 91 Newton meters of torque. But what's new here is the gearbox. They're going to give it a new DCVT gearbox, uh, replacing the five speed manual gearbox from before. Daniel, you've seen a preview of this? Yes, the preview was very early this morning
0: in Sepang in one of the hotels. They did it very far away simply because they didn't want any prying eyes on a private road. They gave my team a, a quick test drive of the vehicle, a walk around. Uh, we could take some pictures, but it was all nicely camouflaged. But you can roughly get the, the, the shape and the look of the car. It's all up on DSF right now. Uh, the most important thing is this is a car that's going to change again, again and again and again. The compact car segment, which Perdua has been just leading for, for decades. Mm. And this as now is going to be better equipped. Of course, some people would say, oh, why still a three-cylinder normal aspirated petrol engine? Why not hybrid? Why not, you know, go electric and all that? Listen, electric cars mm. are not cheap. Not cheap because the battery is expensive. So let's put that aside. They want to provide cars to the mass population, the lower income group, and also those who are buying a car for the first time mm-hmm. who can't afford expensive cars. So they have to keep the car reasonably priced. So a nice, simple, one-liter, three-cylinder engine, a very good gearbox, gives you decent power, decent reliability. That's what they want. So mm. let's not argue and debate where's the hybrid and where's the electric car. All that is for, the,
2: you know, the, the T20s, lah, you know? Yeah, and I think Prodo is also working on, like, hybrid with other models, like the Ativa, for instance, right?
0: Yes, there's rumour that the, the leasing programme for the Ativa subscription model will be coming out very soon, which means other models further up the range, will become hybrid and pretty soon electric. Give it some time because why? They got to make sure the cost is reasonable enough for Malaysians, A. Number Mm. two, what are you going to do with the battery after that? Number three, how are you going to maintain these vehicles? Because once you go electric, all your workshops need to change, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this is not something you can do overnight. Let's think positively and think rationally here.
2: So, this new ASEA, uh, first one in seven years, um, of course, we're expecting a bit of a price bump, but not much, right? What are the prices going to be like?
0: Well, they say between 38000 to forty-nine. Well, the launch is a couple of weeks away. Today was just a media preview, so we're still guessing. But, you know, even if the price moves up even a thousand ringgit, which is something Perdua will try and control because they are very, very careful in keeping prices stable. Playing with their margins because they want to keep their customers happy, mm-hmm. keep their customers rolling in. You know they've had a sterling year last year. I think it was the best year ever for them in terms of of uh, every single model they have is doing very well. So I think this will continue to do well. Prices will not inch up. I think even if the inch up will be a thousand or two
2: thousand at the
0: very most.
2: Mm. There have not been a lot of car launches in the last couple of weeks. A little bit quiet, isn't it? Yeah, but we got some uh, previews in the industry, and uh, you know, along with the ASIA that's going to be launched real soon, Toyota also previewed a new variant of uh, an SUV that they call RAV4. This time, it's the RAV4 GR Sport. Uh, that will include a hybrid engine on the GR badge. Uh, it's a full-size SUV. So GR badge, Daniel, does it mean that it gives a more sporty feature and hopefully more exciting driving experience here?
0: Well, what is happening is Toyota, which is you know a, a company that's making big waves right now in Malaysia, they've suddenly become very excited about this whole GR sport thing. GR is basically Gazoo Racing. So the Gazoo Racing program is going to be reignited uh, for 2023 happening at Sepang. they got a lot of races planned over the whole year. At the same time, they're going to be launching five, this is a rumor, five GR Sport vehicles. One of them will be this RAV4 SUV, but there's another four. One will be a full GR performance vehicle. I'm not going to say which one. I think most people already know. The others yeah. will be basically enhanced current models. So one of them will be this ref 4 There will be other models. But mm. Toyota is making a big splash and I think by this weekend you'll see some huge excitement in all the showrooms because why these vehicles are not only going to be looking good like you see in the pictures here we have on DSF, they're mm. also going to be priced to be very, very sensible. Now, The regular Toyota RAV4 is already a fully imported vehicle. So as an imported vehicle, it was launched at about 220 to 230 odd thousand ringgit. Now with Mm. the GR enhancements, it could nudge up to 250,000. Now, a lot of people say 250,000 for a Toyota, I might as well get something European. But when you get into this vehicle and you compare Apple to Apple in terms of features, plastic, trim, technology, it's on par with the Europeans, you know. And when I say on par means I'm talking, you know, Apple to Apple, not even... A smidgen lower. Because why? This is a global vehicle. This vehicle has been the best-selling SUV around the world, year after year, model after model. This Mm -hmm. is the fifth generation. And I tell you, it will hit the right note. The only problem is the mindset of Malaysians to pay that much, you know, that word, that much, for a Toyota, that's
1: all. Right. Eyes and, on the prize then.
2: Yeah. And you know, with the GR Sport tech, we saw in 2022 with the Yaris GR Sport as well, compact car with with Gazoo Racing touches. Um, yes. What's interesting to me is for a sporty SUV, they're kitting it with a plug-in hybrid and a full hybrid engine. This Toyota technology, when
0: it comes to hybrid, they've got it across the range from the small engines to the bigger engines. It's just mm. that Malaysia only gets a small selection right now.
2: Mm. Right, so it remains to be seen. Once they finally fully launch, we will know and see in person the Toyota Rav4 GR Sport Edition, and, and price. my guesstimate, my yeah. guesstimate,
0: okay, is about two hundred fifty thousand. Now I know I'm I'm just guessing this, based on some you know my you know internal calculations which I I normally do. Now, if you look at the competition, the nearest competition comes from the BMW X1. S-Drive 2.0i, which is about 230,000. Okay, smidgen lower. Then you have the Audi Q3 1.4 TFSI, which is about 269,000. Now, these two are German rivals. Um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're German, they're fully imported, they've got better features and everything else. But actually, if you take, if you take the, the the list of features side by side, all three, the Ref 4 by itself beats both these
2: vehicles. The only difference is that Japanese badge.
1: Mm. All right, potentially big news.
2: Yes, potentially big news here. Uh, On the local front, uh, it seems like Daniel's been doing some research and intel work on the Malaysian electric vehicle owner's FB page and we found out that we might finally have a Tesla office open in Malaysia. Um, How far is this true, Daniel?
0: Well, again, you know, we saw this online and then um, it was shared with some of the Tesla owners. Then we also saw it being shared in the Tesla page. We also saw it. You know, when I say Tesla, I'm talking about the, 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 the fan club page and everything else. Now, it's a local SSM registration document, Suranjaya, Sharikat, Malaysia. It says Tesla Sundrian Berhad. Now, it could be the company itself. It could be some Malaysian who's done a joint venture with Tesla to bring it in. It could be Tesla themselves coming in. Um, it says, you know, a uh, company name Tesla International, BV, uh, the share numbers, all that. It's Everything's on, on, on DSF. It's also on a lot of other websites right now because the moment this started circulating, a lot of people picked up on it. Um, even some of the importers mm. who bring in used Teslas and recon Teslas have been sharing this information and saying, hey, you know, finally we'll get backup service, warranty claims and also no problem, buy our cars, you know. I think... They're saying that also because they're a little bit more worried. Because if Tesla officially comes into Malaysia, the prices could be much more reasonable than what they are charging. That's number one. Number Mm. two, if Tesla comes into Malaysia, they might also start their very, very popular leasing program, which they've been doing in in European countries, making entry into the Tesla ownership very, very low. As low as probably 2000 odd ringgit a month.
1: The interesting thing is, I think depending on where you see it, uh, this information right. depends on the name as well. Because um, the one I've seen over on, um, I think it was the Sun, right? They it, it showed that the the, incorpor- the original incorporation date was the twenty second of May two thousand seventeen, right? As Tesla Services, Sandero had, yes. Then they changed their name on the twenty first of October last year to Tesla Sindir Bahad now the one we're looking at was Tesla International BV (laughs) I'm I'm completely confused now
0: okay the other thing we were guessing for example Hmm. someone like Ali walking into SSM and registering a name of a company which is not
1: Uh, in Malaysia like sitting on a website
0: got it Hmm.
1: well it's not altogether a bad idea is it
0: yeah so uh, who's going to rush out and buy it right now
1: Uh, I'm just checking to see if it's available (laughs) Okay, so uh, just to let you know Tesla.my is not available And neither is Tesla.com.my
0: What about TeslaMalaysia.com.my
1: uh, If you go to Tesla.com.my It takes you to Superwood.com.my hmm. um, just so you know. Tesla, what was it, Tesla? Tesla uh, Malaysia Oh, live radio, we've got live radio going on here Actual yeah. things happening Oh, TeslaMalaysia.com.my This site can't be reached Which generally means it's available
2: Get it, get it, get it, get it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice bit of intel here, guys. There we go, yes. I'll only believe it when I see it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Scouring through some global news, uh, we're going to China because Car News China reported this week this electric car company under Geely or Lincoln Co. umbrella Called Zeker. they've unveiled their third EV called the Zika X following the first two electric vehicles, which is a sedan called Zika 001 and an MPV, Zeekr 009. Zeker X is based on Geely's Sustainable Experience Architecture platform. Uh, it is its own shape and size. That's probably closer to Smart One, another electric car that we might see in mm. Malaysia. Uh, oh,
0: we will definitely see it because it's coming under the Proton Group. Pronet, right? Yes, exactly. Zika is, is under the Geely group. Now, Geely owns Lincoln Co, which is all um, left-hand drive at the moment. Uh, they're not looking at other markets right now. Zika, same thing. They're only looking at left-hand drive markets. But, you know, things could change very, very fast if they want to because when it comes to rehashing an electric car from left-hand drive to right-hand drive, it doesn't take that much development cost or time as with a petrol or diesel car before. You know? Mm-hmm. So, to move this to the right hand drive market can be done very fast. Whether they're going to do it or not and bring it here as a rebadged Proton, we are not sure. But if they're bringing in Smart, because Smart is also under them and it's also partially owned by the Mercedes Benz Group, but Geely is bringing it here with, with Proton, what is to stop them from saying, hey, let's do Zika also? Mm. I would love and to see it. This all could be happening in the next couple of years. They could be just waiting for our charging infrastructure to become more mature, or they could be waiting to see what happens with our government regulations in terms of electric cars and mm. the road tax on electric cars, which are currently quite high.
1: I mean, I'm hearing rumblings um, of infrastructure being extended, and you know, real, real talk about this, but I'm I'm just not seeing anything yet. That's that's the worry, right?
0: Oh. Richard, I tell you, I'm on the ground with this and I'm seeing it.
1: Mm. You I'm aren't seeing just seeing
0: it. I'm seeing it moving very fast and I'm and I'm also seeing how uh, foreign players, for example, I'll just give you something really funny happened to me this morning. This morning, I'm on the way for a, for, a, for a fuel launch, a new fuel launch and someone calls me up, the PR company calls me up to tell me that there's a company from China that's coming here to open up private EV charging stations and they would like to be interviewed one-on-one with a few selected media. So they asked me if I'm interested. I said, sure, I would love to meet them. So I'm actually meeting them in a few days' time. Oh, And to think that these companies are coming in just to do charging infrastructure.
1: That is interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting because the other thing is also, you know, power here is controlled by TNB, right? Yeah, yeah. So the rates are also controlled. So how is this this company coming in, you know, putting up these charges, this, this DC and AC charges, which are not cheap to do, getting mm. the land, putting up together, and hoping to make money out of it, you know?
1: There's always a way to make money.
0: Yes. So I think this is going to boom, boom, boom in the next few years.
1: All right. On that positive note, let's take a short break. Uh, of course, we'll be back in just a few moments where Daniel will be telling us all about his meetings over in Sweden with Volvo. Yeah, that's all coming up in just a few minutes here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. FM 899 The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control with me, Rich Bradbury, joined as ever on the phones uh, by my friends Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my and, of course, Ali Johan. Daniel went away uh, for a few days and came back um, refreshed, um, maybe is the
0: correct term.
1: Daniel, you were over in Sweden. How was that?
0: Oh, it, it was lovely. It was lovely. I was frozen, uh-huh. block of ice, Yes. Then they thawed me out on the way back. So anyway, I was invited to go to Sweden with Volvo cars. Went to the HQ, beautiful location. Met with the designer, met with the technology people, met with a whole bunch of people. Interestingly, I didn't meet one person from Sweden. Ha! There was a Scottish gentleman called Jim Rowan, who's uh, (laughs) the CEO. But anyway, this is the new Volvo. It's a global company. You you see people of all you know the the, the technology guy for the, the new uh, operating system is from Mexico, you know? Oh, wow. The person who comes up with all the wonderful Volvo interiors is a lady from India.
1: Interesting.
0: So, this is a truly global company. So, what what Volvo is trying to do is Volvo is trying to say, okay, now we're going to make cars that are, will apply to the whole world and we're going to do it with full battery power. So, we went there. First priority was to test drive the C40 electric car on City roads, you know, just to get a feel of it, and all that. That was a one day mm. exercise. Mm. The Next day, we met the engineers and everything else. But all the discussions we had, which was very, very interesting, a lot of a lot of things to talk about. We had a chat with Jim Rowan from Volvo Cars, which is the brand new CEO. He's a Scottish gentleman. I was talking to you about. He's an engineer by trade. So we were asking this. This this is the biggest question we asked him, which we thought was the biggest question apart from all other questions. Is mm. okay? They've got a new SUV coming out called the EX ninety. It's it looks like an XC ninety. All new model, but it's called the EX90. It's fully electric, three rows of seats. It's huge. It's in your face, gorgeous. I I would say that you know it's it's sculpted, beautiful interior. A lot of recycled materials being used on the inside and also on the exterior of the vehicle. Yeah, into the sustainability um, program that's that's dedicated to you know start moving fast ahead right now, right up to 2030 because 2030 they'll be fully electric. Along the way, every year they'll be releasing one new electric vehicle. So you've got six, seven new electric vehicles coming, including the EX ninety. Now all this is fine, but my question to them is this: with the EX ninety, it's it's going to be an expensive vehicle because it's super high tech, brand new operating system on the on the on the touchscreen in the center console, um, very user friendly, even more user friendly than I, I could I can imagine. You know, for for someone like me who's not tech friendly, and then you've got the ex30 supposedly the new small SUV coming uh, probably end of the year smaller than the XC40 uh, something more of a size of like a like a new Honda HRV you know yeah something compact and everything else so all this is great but how would Malaysians like us you know what I call middle- class Malaysians afford a Volvo with high safety electric driving range electric technology, new infotainment system, new operating system in, in the car. We want all this, but how do we afford it? Because why? Volvos are no longer going to be reasonably priced because of all this new technology. Right. Yeah. And like we've said before, our currency is not favorable. Mm-hmm. Because we're still, you know, times three to Singapore, uh, Singapore dollar, we're times 4.5 to the US dollar and then to the pound, I think now it's six, right? So when you compare all this, the, the, the middle class still kind of fought to, to bring home a Volvo, even if the EX30 were to be launched in Malaysia. So this is what Jim Rowan said. He said, you know, whatever it is, we understand this. We had the V40 hatchback before, which was a beautiful little compact hatch. And they retired that car. They they didn't didn't think about, you know, bringing back another Mm. V40. And instead, they said, you know, people are moving away from little cars. They all want suvs or crossovers that is why they came up with the xc40 now i can understand that because you know every manufacturer is only going to suvs and, and crossovers right now and he says okay yes you know we, we we are we are not going to be in that segment anymore but we hope with our new electric cars we can provide that lower price vehicle for a different class of customer but again i said you know then it has to be below two hundred thousand. So this is what uh, Jim Rowan added to me. He said, you know, at the moment, electric cars are expensive, yes. But their calculation, based on what they are doing right now, in the next three to four years, which is, they say, 2025 to 2026, the price parity, that means the value of all these electric cars, will come down to be equal to a petrol-powered vehicle.
1: Let's hope so.
0: Yes. So what he's trying to say is, the EX30 could be priced at about, say, hundred and fifty to 160,000 ringgit. Forget about currency. It's just that the cost of production will come down. Mm. The prices of batteries, the prices of motors, because mass production. And, you know, Volvo is doing a lot of recycling in the interior. The, 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 the interior is almost all recyclable materials, You know, whether it's PET bottles or plastics or whatever else. So that cost is also coming in down. The next mm. thing also, because he's saying, at an engineer's point of view is, um, petrol-powered vehicles are only 35% efficient because of the loss of energy, noise and vibration. Whereas electric vehicles, especially with Volvo's with their new proprietary e-motor systems, is 93% efficient. So it's only 7% of it lost. So mm-hmm. it's things like that that make them think that they will be ahead of mm. their European rivals who will still be selling Petrol-powered vehicles alongside electric vehicles.
1: Well, there's hope then.
0: There is hope. I mean, I'm I'm after coming back from this trip and toying out from the from being frozen. I'm 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 putting aside a little, you know, uh, savings, you know, a dollar a day, with the hope that you know one day I can get myself a brand new Volvo electric car.
1: I mean, there there is uh, manufacturing of Volvo's here in Malaysia, right? Shah right?
0: Yes, they're in Shah and they manufacture in Malaysia for export to the region, that means Indonesia, Thailand, Singapore, they actually get their Volvos from Malaysia. So the quality is on par with what you get from Europe.
1: Right. So surely, in the future, this should work in the consumer's favour, right, you would think?
0: It should, and
1: it must. Malaysian consumer's favour, I should say.
0: Well, we're all hoping that it'll, it'll happen, but you know, again, we don't know what's happening with the world economy, we don't know what's happening with the cost of production, so it's still a little bit of a guesswork, Richard.
1: Well, I would call that a positive piece, though. Yes, it is. We're almost done, but we've got one more segment coming up in just a few minutes uh, where Daniel will be reviewing the Mercedes Benz C300 AMG line. Stick around for that here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control, third and final part of the show here on BFM. Uh, We've got a car review from Daniel. It is the Mercedes-Benz C300 AMG line. Uh, Daniel, why this one? Tell us.
0: Okay, very simple. This car was launched a year ago. Mm. Lots of interest. The first batch of cars was sold out even before the launch. Mm. Uh Even before we saw it. Which was quite disappointing because, you know, we are hoping that our review will help them sell cars. But they don't need our review because <laughs> it, was, it was already taken up. And then we said, hey, you know, when are we going to test drive the car? So they gave us a little test drive to the Saru. Uh, it was an overnight test drive. We had the chance of taking out the C200. So we did a review some time ago. It was quite impressive. Of course, the C200 is using a 1.5-litre turbocharged four-cylinder engine. Decent power, 204 horsepower, 300 newton meters of torque. Uh, you know, it, it's it's selling well. There's no doubt about it. You probably see a few on the road. Now comes the C300 test drive, which we just got in the city. So we've been waiting for this. We've been asking for this. The only reason why we got it a little bit late is because the car is sold out. Mm. There are people still waiting five, six months to get delivery of this car. So when I got this car, I was thinking to myself, you know, I've driven the C200. It's nice, of course. With the C300, and also remember this, you know, a long time ago, when you say a C200, it means two litre. C300 means three litre. Mercedes has done away with all this. Nowadays, 200, 300 means more, you know, power delivery, range and all that. Because why? The engines are all downsized. And the reason why they downsize the engine because of emissions in Europe, fuel consumption, they're all going into smaller engines and bigger turbochargers. So here's a C300 now using a two litre engine still. But with a mild hybrid system working in the background. When you say a mild hybrid system, it means you don't have to plug it in. It just works mm. by itself. And what it does is it, it, it generates power for a small electric motor. So just, you know, save you fuel when you're doodling in traffic and you're just crawling along, you know. You don't have to switch or you don't have to press any figures. It'll just it'll just do it for you. So we took it out over the weekend. Now, this vehicle has got 258 horsepower, which is, you know, a lot of cars in this, this segment has got its power, but it's got 400 newton meters of torque. And that's huh. the impressive part. Two liter engine, 400 newton meters of torque. And this is not an AMG bred engine. It's just AMG line. AMG line means it's got all the little kit that you see on the outside, the 19-inch the wheels, the little body kit, things like that. It does not have that AMG stamped performance engine and still you got 400 newton meters of torque and this torque comes in at a very low 2000 revolution so if you're just doodling in traffic at about thousand five thousand six and you just push the pedal a little bit boom this car will surge forward but you have to be in sports mode of course because you got you got driving mode you got eco you got comfort you got sports and you got sports plus now if you're sitting in traffic all day traveling to work and back you just leave it in eco you'll save a lot of fuel if you want comfort, maybe you're driving long distance and you're cruising along the highway and you want to keep to the, the sane speed limit, you don't want to get any summonses, you leave it in comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're like me, a little bit of a nutcase, you know, and you know it's not your own car so you can abuse it, you, you will put it in sports mode and you'll try and extract as much fun as you can out of it. So in sports mode, you'll do 0 to 100, which is a acceleration of 6 seconds. That's yeah. hot hatch timing. Yeah. Now, the top speed is controlled at 250 kilometers, so that's, that's done. You can't do anything unless you want to, you know, piggyback the software, which you don't want to do because then you'll lose your warranty. So, this car's got bags of power. Now, when you get on the inside of the car, this is the impressive part. Now, some months ago, we test drove the brand new S-Class, the top-of-the-range Mercedes-Benz sedan. That whole S-Class cabin has been transformed and transported into this slightly smaller C-Class. Yeah. So you've got the center, big flat screen, which is at an almost 45 degree angle. So it's easy on the eye, easy on the touch. I used to tell you I don't like the screen sitting up. So now it's down. It's a bit more incorporated. It feels like it's part of the dashboard. And then the driver gets a nice little rectangular meter cluster, digital, of course, with all your functions. And then you get this wonderful thick rimmed steering wheel. I mean, it's a fat steering wheel, very sporty and the little buttons on the left hand and right hand side of the the steering wheel the 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 the, the function buttons are all soft touch very oh. nice oh. very you know you 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 don't really need to really touch touch you know like you almost touch and then it'll, it'll get activated you know little too sensitive for me you know but i think a lot of people really appreciate it on the left is for you to control things on the big screen on the mm-hmm. right is for you to control things on the small screen well i mean that makes sense exactly and then like typical with all Mercedes-Benz for as long as I can remember for the last couple of decades, all your power seat adjustments are on the door panel. Easy to use. Mm. You know, it's not at the side of your seat where you have to, you know, fumble and try and find it with your fingers, you know?
1: (laughs) I know all about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I think Mercedes should have patented this or maybe they've done it because nobody else has copied this.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so easy to are on the seat. So simple.
0: So you start this car up, it's a nice, quiet engine. Um, like all other cars I drive, I straight away put it in sports mode because I want to get the entertainment out of it because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to own the car. I'm here to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this car is comfortable. Not only is it slightly bigger than the older C-Class because the platform is slightly bigger, it's comfortable. If you put it in comfort mode, it glides along. It's so nice. Even with 19-inch wheels. Of course, when you go on rough road surfaces, any car will, will give you some feedback. But this one is beautiful sublime and the rear passengers are much happier because there's slightly more leg room slightly more headroom. even though the car has got a coupe like rear it's got the seat lower so it's very nice and comfortable for three passengers in the back uh, my kids are not not as short as me so you know they didn't complain mm-hmm. and as you drive along i mean the infotainment system uh, you know the sound system ev- everything is just there for you you know you, you won't say hey i need a bit more of this i need i need this it's a car that's complete this, to me, if you're going to buy a C200, I know if you've already bought it, you'll probably be ang- angry with me. You pay an extra forty thousand get You get the C300, which has got so much more in little little points around the vehicle that just makes it so much more better to own. On top mm-hmm. of that, you got that two-liter engine. You got a better performance, and you know, even though it's a two-liter engine, it gives you the power of a three-liter engine. Yet, the fuel sipping is like a 1.5-liter engine. Do you know a hundred kilometers? It only sips between 7 to 6.6 litres. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, it's like a 1.5-litre engine. Because why? Mm-mm. You've got the mild hybrid working in the background for you. Mm-mm. You know, to Smart. save fuel in traffic jams and everything else. So, it, it's a very complete car. Like I said, you know, this car costs $327,888. c 200 costs forty k less. Now, if you think about it over a 7 or 8-year loan, 12% more you're paying. And then, you know, your monthly instalment will be probably two nice dinners out, you know, in a a month, you know? Mm -hmm. And you get yourself a C300. At the end of the day, I just think, you know, a lot of people who are looking to buy, who have not bought yet, just go and get the C300 AMG.
1: <laughs> These are the reviews I like. At the end of it,
0: just just go and buy one. Just just, just go and buy. One. If, if you're already going to pay two hundred or thousand ringgit for
2: a Mercedes, what's another forty thousand ringgit? It's true. It's not going to go down well with people who just bought the C two hundred, Daniel. Yeah, yeah,
1: just yes, but but you thing, see, yeah.
2: if, if, if if you're someone looking to buy the
0: new Perdua Asia, which is about forty thousand ringgit, you're not going to look at this because it's way out of your salary
2: bracket. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. Pay a little bit more uh, 40,000 mm. yeah. know? mm. you get a slightly bigger car with a mild hybrid system and, and of course you got that, that nicer 2 litre engine you know
1: well there we go um Thank you very much for that, Daniel. You're most welcome. As usual, folks, that's it from me uh, and Ali and Daniel. If you missed any part of this show, don't forget you can download it where you normally get it from. We recommend using the BFM app that's available in the App Store or Google Play. A show in three parts, as usual. We had some local launches, a little bit of a discussion about uh, Daniel, uh, sorry, with Daniel catching up with the people over in Sweden from Volvo. And of course, you've just heard the Mercedes-Benz C300 AMG line review. Check it out next week. We'll be back, of course, here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.